Now, shortly before Jesus ascended, he made a promise to every disciple. In Acts 1.8, in Acts 1.8, Luke records Jesus saying, But ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me. So Jesus says now, you shall receive the Holy Ghost. And when you receive the Holy Ghost, you shall receive the power that will enable you to be a witness for me. In the Greek, witness is martus, M-A-R-T-U-S. Witness is martus, M-A-R-T-U-S. Listen, it is one who has knowledge of something and is able to convey and confirm that knowledge to another. Martus, one who has knowledge of something and is able to convey and confirm that knowledge to another. Martus, M-A-R-T-U-S, one who has knowledge of something and is able to convey and confirm that knowledge to another. Thus Jesus says, after you receive the power of the Holy Ghost, you will have knowledge of me. You will be able to tell others the truth about me. You will know that I am Jesus the Christ. You will know that I am the visible image of the invisible God. You will know that I am the God who sacrificed his body and his blood to save the world from sin. You will know that in me dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. You will know that every soul who believes that I am God and believes that beside me there is no other Savior, that person shall have everlasting life and you will tell others. The Apostle Paul received the Holy Ghost and the promise of power. And just as Jesus said in his word, he became a witness. In Romans 1.16, Romans 1.16, Paul says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel. Why, Paul? For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. I am not ashamed of the gospel. I will proclaim the gospel. I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God. The gospel is the power of God. It is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. In this context, in this context, to believe is to accept something as real and true. To believe is to accept something as real and true. Thus he says, the gospel of Christ is the power of God to everyone that accepts it and believes it is real and it is true. Therefore, the only way one can receive the Holy Ghost and the power of God is to believe the gospel. There is no other way to receive the Holy Ghost and receive the power of God than to believe the gospel because in the gospel is the power of God. And when you accept the gospel of Christ Jesus, you accept the power of God. The gospel must be accepted as real and it must be accepted as true. And the gospel of Christ Jesus is the saving power of God to every soul that believes. You were saved because you believed the gospel. You were saved because you heard the gospel, you accepted the gospel, and you believed that the gospel was real, and you believed that the gospel was true, and the word of God manifested himself to you, and now you know he's real, and you know he's true, and you can be a witness for him.
John 1.10. John 1.10 says, Every soul that believes the power of God receives the power to become. He says, He, Jesus, was in the world, and the world was made by Him, and the world knew Him not. He came unto His own, and His own received Him not. Here it comes. But as many as received Him, to them gave He Power. Is that what it says? Power to become the sons of God. Even to them, there it is again, that believe on his name. That accept his name as being real and accepting his name as being true. So God, John says God made the world. God was in the world. But the world did not know him. When God, the creator of heaven, came into this world, his name was and his name still is Jesus. But you know, the world did not believe it then and they still don't believe the name of God is Jesus. The majority of the world did not even believe that Jesus is the name of God in the flesh. Poor world. However, those who do believe that Jesus is the name of God have received him. They have received him by accepting the knowledge that Jesus is the Christ and that his gospel is real and true. And by accepting that in the body of Jesus, God sacrificed his body and his blood on the cross. We believe that. We accept it as true and we tell others that Jesus is God in the flesh, that there is no such thing as the Trinity, that the name of the Father is Jesus, the name of the Son is Jesus, and the name of the Holy Ghost is Jesus, and we will not take down on it. We stand on that, we believe it, and that's how we are saved. And that's how we know we're saved, because we know God is not a Trinity. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And every soul that accepts and believes the gospel of Christ shall receive the Holy Ghost, the power of God, and the salvation of the Lord. And they'll also receive the power to become a son of God. Yes. Now, in this context, son is genderless because the soul is genderless. Mm -hmm. Now, in Greek, son is technon. T-E-K-N-O-N. Son, in the Greek, is technon. T-E-K-N-O-N. It is a child, an offspring. An offspring. Technon. Offspring. Acts 17.28. Acts 17.28. Paul says, For in him we live and move and have our being. As certain also of your own poets have said. Why? For we are also his offspring. Is that what it says? Thus to receive the gospel of Christ Jesus is to receive the knowledge of him. And in receiving the knowledge of him, one rece receives the power to become his witness and his child. You can't call yourself a child of God if you don't have the spirit of God. You can't call yourself a child of God if you have not been born of his spirit. So the power to become his witness and his child. And in this context, become has another uh, connotation. Become is to morph into something other than what it was before. To become is to morph, M-O-R-P-H, into something other than what it was before. 
To morph is to transform from one image to another. To morph is to transform from one image to another. We know the word metamorphosis because a, a, a caterpillar morphs into a butterfly. It changes from one form to another. So, so in this context, morph is, 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 is uh, to morph into something other than what it was before, to change into something that it was not before. To morph is to transform. To transform, to change from one image to another. And Paul says it very well. And ye have put on the new man, which is renewed after the knowledge and image that created him. So once you're baptized in the name of Jesus and filled with the Holy Ghost, you morph into the image of God. Your soul now is transformed into the image of of God's dear son. And you become a son of God because now that you have the Holy Ghost, he has given you the power to become a son of God. You are now God's technon. He has changed you into something that you were not before. So when a soul receives the gospel of Christ and the knowledge of him, the image of the soul morphs into the image of Christ. He says the soul puts on the new man. The soul has been renewed. In this context, to renew is to be repaired. My soul has been repaired. My soul has been replaced. And my parts have been put back together. My soul was broken, but now it's been put back together. My soul has been renewed. My soul has been transformed. I have been transformed and renewed in my mind. I have been transformed and renewed in my soul. I now have been transformed into the glorious image of Christ Jesus. So by receiving the knowledge of God, a broken soul, by by receiving the knowledge of God, a broken, a soul broken by the effects of sin, because sin breaks us, is renewed in the righteous and holy image of Christ Jesus. So not only does the soul become an offspring of the Holy Ghost, that's why you got to be born again. That's why you got to be born again, because once you're born again, he's your father now. You're no longer Adam is no longer your father. The Holy Ghost is your father, just like Jesus. is. Uh, he, he's the father of Jesus. He's his own father, really. <laughs> so not only does the soul become an offspring of the Holy Ghost, the image of the soul becomes the image of Christ and the soul becomes a new creature. Well, how do you know, Pastor? Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. So every soul that accepts the gospel of Christ accepts the Holy Ghost. And every soul that accepts the Holy Ghost receives the power to become his offspring. And every soul that becomes his offspring receives the power to become a new creature in him. Paul says, all things have passed away. The old nature of the soul changes. It transforms. And you know, once you get saved, when you first get saved, you notice the trans- transformation. You, you're, you're aware of the transformation. But then as time goes on, it just becomes who you is. And I meant it like that. Who you is. So the old nature of the soul changes. It dies. It passes away. And in the death of the soul, a transformation occurs just like in the death of a caterpillar, a transformation occurs. John 5.24, John 5.24, Jesus says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my word 
and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation but is I like that is there it is there it is but is past it doesn't say will it says is it doesn't say will pass it says is past from death unto life shouldn't be from life to death no it goes from death to life because we were dead in trespasses and sins and once you're baptized in the name of Jesus and filled with the Holy Ghost, you are now alive. So what this means is that by the power of the Holy Ghost, the spiritual form, the structure and the substance of every soul that believes the gospel changes. The form changes. The soul passes now from death to life. A dead soul becomes a living soul. The structure changes. An unholy soul becomes a holy soul. The substance changes. An unrighteous soul becomes a righteous soul. So the structure is holy. Our changes to holy. And our, our structure is holy. And our substance is righteous. So we're full of righteousness. He says all things become new. Here's become in another uh, context. To become is also to develop. To become is also to develop. In 2 Peter 3.18, 2 Peter 3.18, you getting something out of this? 2 Peter 3.18, he says, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So he says growth occurs both in grace and knowledge. In this context, grace in the Greek is charis, C-H-A-R-I-S, charis, which in this context is the spiritual condition of a soul governed by the Holy Ghost. The spiritual condition of a soul governed by the Holy Ghost, charis. C-H-A-R-I-S. Therefore, as a soul grows in grace and in the knowledge of Christ, the spiritual condition of the soul changes and continues to change because that's what growth is. Growth is continuous change. Does that make sense to you? Knowledge in the Greek is, is gnosis. G-N-O-S-I-S, the G is silent. Gnosis, G-N-O-S-I-S, which in this context is general intelligence and understanding. Once you receive the indwelling of the Holy Ghost, you receive a general intelligence and an understanding for the word of God. You are now able to read the word of God and understand the word of God in the context in which the Holy Ghost is delivering the word of God. Why? Because he gives you the mind that you can understand the word that he has written. Does that make sense to you? So what we see here is that the grace and knowledge enable spiritual growth. That's how you grow in the grace and the knowledge of the word of, of God, by knowledge of his word. That's why you got to know the word, you got to hear the word, and you got to receive the word. We need a constant diet of the word of God. We need to constantly hear the word of God because the word of God is our source of strength. The word of God is our source of peace. The word of God is our source of joy. And the word of God is how we grow in grace and in the knowledge of him. 
him. And the more we know about him, the more we love him. And the more we love him, the more we know about him. And the more we know about him, the more we want to serve him. And the less we want to do things that are not pleasing to his sight. See, that's how you overcome your flesh, by knowing the word of God. You got to know the word of God and it's got to be in you. It's got to be something that's in you when you're being yourself. When you're all in your flesh and you don't know you're in your flesh, you need the word of God to let you know. You know what? Right now, you're in your flesh. Does that make sense to you? So in becoming a new creature, grace and knowledge enable the spiritual growth and the development of the soul. That's why it says we move from faith to faith to faith. Why? Because we hear the word of God. We understand the word of God. And then we take that word of God and receive it by faith. And we put it into work. We put it into our lives. And we see that it works. So once we see that faith works, then we'll do it again with that word of God. And we'll do it again and so on and so on. Until our, our faith does not, it does not grow like big. It, it grows in intensity. It grows in, 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 in uh, what word am I looking for? Potency. It grows in potency. Why? Because a mustard seed grows into a big tree, doesn't it? So you don't need a you don't need a whole handful of seeds for a big tree. All you need is just a small mustard seed. Well, that's all you need is faith. Just faith the size of an atom because an atom is the smallest molecule there is. And yet it can make a big explosion. Well, your faith is very small, but it can make a big explosion in your life. As a matter of fact, your flesh, your, 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 your faith exploded sin off your soul. That makes sense to you. So in becoming now, becoming, in becoming a new creature. Uh, uh, and that, I lost my, uh, got, I got excited. <laughs> so what we see here is that grace and knowledge enable the spiritual growth and development of the soul. In becoming a new creature in Christ, a soul, listen, is governed by the Holy Ghost, which empowers the soul with the intelligence and the understanding to develop into what he would have us become. Yes. Scripture says he gives us the will to do and to do his good pleasure. So the Holy Ghost empowers us with the intelligence and the understanding, making it possible for us to develop into what he would have us to become. Yes. Yes. In this context, become, become is a compound word. Mm-hmm. Be, B-E. Indicates that something exists or it is true. B. Indicates that something exists or is true. And come, C-O-M, in this context is to be brought into a particular place or situation. To come, to be brought into a particular place or situation. So listen. By the power of the Holy Ghost and the knowledge of him... A soul is brought into a particular place of true existence. By the power of the Holy Ghost and the knowledge of him, a soul is brought into a particular place of true existence. Ephesians 2.5, Ephesians 2.5. Even when you were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace ye are saved and hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Well, we heard Jesus say earlier that when one accepts and believes the gospel, that soul passes from death to life. 
Well, the soul is seated with Christ in heavenly places then. In other words, the soul is now brought to the particular place of true existence. I'm going to explain that to you in just a moment. But the soul is brought to the particular place of true existence. We must understand something. When sin entered the world, one of the many things it did was take away our true existence. Yes, humans be. We are beings. We exist. However, our existence is not true. Lies exist, but they're not true. Our existence is not true because our existence is temporal. Our, our experience in this world is temporal. Therefore, it cannot be true because only that which is eternal is true. Our existence in this world is not eternal. Therefore, our existence in this world cannot be true. And so our existence, though we are exist in our souls, in this flesh, is not true because of sin. Did that make sense to you? Why? Because we look at things which are not seen. But at the things which are not seen. Paul says we look not at the things which are seen. We look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen, things which are seen are temporal. But the things which are not seen are eternal. Can you see your flesh? You can see your flesh, which means your flesh is temporal. Can you see your soul? No, which means your soul is eternal. Premise A, premise B, conclusion. Truth and things that are true are eternal. However, because of sin, this world and our existence in this world are not true. Why? Because this world and our existence in this world are temporal. Jesus said, take heed and be aware of covetousness. For a man's life consisted not in the abundance of the things which he possesses. In this passage, life is zoe. It's also the soul, the existence and being of the soul. Jesus says the value and life of true existence cannot be determined by the quantity of one's temporal material possessions. In other words, he's saying many are deceived into believing that material things determine their truth value and identity. People believe in believing that they, what they drive, where they live, and what they own, and what they do for a living determines their self-worth. Many are deceived into believing that self-respect directly co- uh, corresponds to the affluence of their friends. T.D. Jakes is my friend. I talked to Oprah this morning. Hmm. You know, Bill Gates will not, will not leave me alone. He just keeps calling me. I, I don't have any time for you. I have friends in high places. Because that's who I am. And those who don't measure up to the world's standards of human value are labeled as hopeless failures. And because they don't measure up to their self-image, they feel that their self-image is negative. This temp- but listen, this temporal world and its standards are illusionary. They're illusionary. 
Solomon said it and he said it very well. He said, all is vanity and vexation of spirit. In other words, this world is empty. This world is void. And this world is frustrating. And because the eternal world can only be perceived through the lens of the gospel of Christ Jesus, it is difficult for many to accept and believe the gospel and receive the power to become. However, because we have accepted and believed the gospel, we've received the power to become. And because we continue to grow in grace and in the knowledge of God, we are able to clearly see the difference between the temporal fleeting things of this world and the eternal everlasting things of Christ Jesus. We can see it. That's what Paul said. We don't look at what we can see. We don't look at that. We look at what we cannot see. Our eye is on eternity. Paul says it very well. The wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. The wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. In this context, wisdom is widely held opinion. Something that almost everyone accepts and believes. But we know, as I say it all the time, times change. People don't. The widely held beliefs and opinions of the religious institutions, and I say religious institutions uh-huh. of today, are just as corrupt and materialistic as they were in Paul's day. Then as today they teach that the blessings of the Lord are measured in money and material things. But we know this is foolishness. It's Listen, listen closely. It's foolishness to believe that your worth is determined by the things that shall one day evaporate. It's foolishness to compare the true value of your soul to things that have no true value. It's foolishness to determine your self-image based on what you have, where you live, or who you know. And it's foolishness to squander your God-given faith on things that can only deceive you and frustrate you. It is foolishness to squander your God-given faith on things that will only deceive you and frustrate you. 1 Corinthians 2.1. 1 Corinthians 2.1. Paul says, and I, brethren, so he's talking to the saints. When I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I am determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom. Very well said, Paul. My speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power. That your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. That's where our faith stands. Our faith stands in the power of God. By his power we are holy. By his power we are righteous. By his power we are saved. By his power we have been changed. By his power we are once we were old but now we are new. 
by his power we are new creatures in Christ. Mm. And it's a keeping power. It's the kind of power that keeps you saved. It's the kind of power that keeps you holy. Kind of power that keeps you righteous. Oh, but it's the kind of power that keeps you happy. It's the kind of power that keeps you with joy. It's the kind of power that keeps you satisfied. Oh, give glory to the power of God. Give honor to the power of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Paul says, I know that Jesus is the Christ. I know that in the body of Jesus, God sacrificed his body and his blood on the cross so that every believing soul can have eternal life. And this is all I'm going to preach. All I'm going to preach is you got to repent. All I'm going to preach is you got to be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of your sins. And you got to have the indwelling of the Holy Ghost. And you got to have the power of God evidenced by speaking in tongues because it's the power of God that makes you speak in tongues. Hallelujah. Our faith stands in the power of God. Our faith stands firm on the power of God. We are rooted and grounded in the power of God. And so this is all I preach. I will preach Jesus Christ and him crucified in demonstration of the spirit of God and the power of God. Why? Because our true existence, our power to become and our faith cannot stand in anything else in this incorrupted, in this corrupted world. Your faith cannot stand on this corrupted world. Ungodly opinions and evil and the evil of this wicked world. Our faith stands in the gospel of Jesus Christ. I like that song. My faith is built on nothing less than Jesus Christ and his righteousness. For it is by the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes. Aren't you glad you believe it? Aren't you glad that you believe it? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The gospel of Christ is the power of God. And by the power of God, we will not be deceived by the wisdom of this world. By the power of God, we will not succumb to the destructive enticements of this evil and wicked world. Our faith cannot stand in the foolish wisdom of this evil world. Our faith can only stand on the power of God. Faith is a spiritual thing. Don't waste your faith on anything but the word of God. Invest your faith in the word of God. Don't put faith in the government. Don't put faith in your job. Don't put faith in the world. Put your faith in God because that's where your faith can stand. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So what this means is that by the power of God, we have true existence. We truly exist because we're eternal. We have the power to exist in truth. We have the power to be true to ourselves. And because Christ is the spirit of truth, we have the power to live in truth. We move in truth. We have our being in truth. And we're seated in heavenly places with Christ. So we're not standing in front of him. We're seated with him. Oh, ain't that nice? Our existence is not according to the wisdom of this world. Our existence is according to the power of the Holy Ghost. He's the Zoe in our souls. He's the grace that governs our souls. He's the spirit of truth that guides us to all truth. He's the eternal spirit of life by which we have eternal life. By the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, 
We have passed. We have passed from death to everlasting life. Now earlier we learned something. We learned that that to morph is to transform from one image to another. However, there is another context of morph. You ready? It's another context of morph. For something to change its outward appearance completely and instantaneously. (laughs) You got that, didn't you? To morph is for something to change its outward appearance completely and instantaneously. Paul says, as we have borne the image of the earthy, 1 Corinthians 15, 49, 1 Corinthians 15, 49, as we have borne the image of the earthy, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. So he says, just as sure as we have the image of temporal eternal bodies, just as sure as we have the image of temporal earthly bodies, one day we shall morph. One day our outward appearance shall completely and instantaneously change into heavenly bodies. Paul says it very well in verse 51. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. Completely and instantaneously. How fast, Paul? In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump. For the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible. And we shall be changed. We shall morph. How will we morph? This corruptible must put on incorruption. And this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption and this mortal have put on immortality, Then shall be brought to pass the saying that was written. Death is now swallowed up in victory. Oh, death. Oh, death. What you going to do now? Where is your sting, death? Grave, where is your victory? My Savior took that out on the cross. And by the power of God, I'm free from the grave. By the power of God, I'm death is uh, got swallowed up. Hallelujah. The sting of death is sin. Well, Jesus took the stinger out of death. He took the stinger out of sin. And the strength of sin is the law. He freed me from the law. By the power of God, we are free from the law. Oh, but be thanks to God. We be thankful to God, which giveth us the victory. How? Through our Lord Jesus Christ. We've got the victory. We've been delivered. We've been healed from the effects of sin. My soul was sick with sin, but now it's healed. I was in the bondage of sin, held down in the bondage of sin, but I've been delivered. By the power of God, I've been delivered. By the power of God, I've been set free. By the power of God, I am healed. And so what's so good about the power of God, as my wife says, it's a done daughter. He healed me and I can never be sick again. He delivered me and I can never be in bondage again. Thank God for the saving power of the Holy Ghost. Thank God for the righteous power of the Holy Ghost. Thank God for the sanctifying power of the Holy Ghost. We who have accepted and believed the gospel of Christ Jesus 
shall be changed. We who have been born of the water and of the spirit shall be changed. We who know the name of the Father is Jesus, the name of the Son is Jesus, and the name of the Holy Ghost is Jesus, we shall be changed. We who have received the power to become shall be changed. Our corrupted physical bodies of flesh shall be changed. Our change shall happen. It must happen. We shall more. And will be faster than you can blink your eye. I'm changed. I'm changed. I'm changed. Our bodies shall change and resurrect in the same manner that Jesus' body changed and resurrected. We shall have everlasting life. Eternally we shall be. And what that means then is we shall never, ever not be. By the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, we have the power of eternal true existence. We shall be. This world shall pass away, but we shall be. The heavens shall melt with fervent heat and vanish, but we shall be. Death will die, but we shall be. Satan will be cast into the abyss and outer darkness, but we shall be. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but we who believe on Jesus, we who believe the gospel, we who have received the power to become, shall eternally be. Mm. Thank God for the power of his word. There's power in that word. There's power in that word. John says he came unto his own. And his own received him not. But as many as received him. To them gave he power. To become the sons of God. Even to them that believe on his name. Let's give the Lord some praise. Oh, Father, we thank you for your word. Your word is truly a light into our path. A light unto our pathway and a lamp unto our feet. And it's a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our pathway. Either way, Father, you make the path for us. And we thank you for your word. Your word is sanctified. Your word is holy. Your word is meat and drink to our souls. Thank you for your word in Jesus' name. Anyone in need of prayer this morning? Anyone in need of prayer?